0: the Starting With One podcast with Robin Bailey and Al McDonald. Our goal is to provide our audience with interesting, relevant information on Canadian healthcare, financial and estate planning issues, and running a business. With each episode, Robin and Al will be exploring topics that matter to you. Starting With One is built off of our experience that we enhance the lives of many, starting with one. Every great story that we get to share all started with one phone call, one conversation, or one meeting. These are the stories that make us very proud to do what we do, and it all starts with one. Happy Friday, or at least it's Friday when we're recording this, so whatever day it finds you on, I hope it's a good one. As always, I'm your host, Robin Bailey. My business partner, Al, sadly couldn't join us today, but we do have a fantastic guest. I'm happy to welcome Will Uta. And I said that with a proper fresh accent, so I hope you appreciate that. Very Will. well done. Thank you, Robin. And Will is from a company called Maple. And Maple came on my radar probably about a year ago, to be honest. And I've just been following along with the success of Maple. And I just think it's a fantastic company, really interesting company and as you know, we'll be chatting a little bit offline. Uh, One of the reasons, or the primary reason we do this podcast is for my clients, as well as prospects, considering looking out there for another employee benefits provider and a broker, and I think your company has a really interesting story to tell. So, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. I really appreciate the kind words, Robin. Yeah. So, well, maybe we can start kind of at the beginning, I guess. Who or what is Maple? And, And I think most importantly to me, and the first question, even before we get to that is, and I'm hoping I like the answer, and I think I will,
1: are you guys a Canadian company? Of course. Ah, there we go. Let's okay. start off right. <laughs> we give it off. Okay, perfect. And so Maple is a virtual care provider. In simple terms, that means that we're going to connect physicians and patients for prescription, diagnosis, and treatment. And I was hoping as well to give you a bit of a layered answer here and, and to maybe give you a bit of background in terms of Maple and how it was founded. Uh, back in 2015, we've got three co-founders. We've got Dr. Brett Belchitz, uh, who's our CEO. We've got uh, Roxana Zaman, who's our COO. Okay. And we've got uh, Stuart Starr, who's our CTO. And our CEO, Dr. Brett Belchitz, has a really interesting perspective on healthcare because he was part of the system for for many years and is still a practicing physician. So he's an ER doc. Ah, oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And so he certainly had a lot of influence when it came to uh, designing our our medical model and also uh, inspired our patient first approach, if you will. So Maple was really created out of the desire to improve on on our healthcare system. And there's a really interesting example that we can look at uh, in terms of what that means specifically. If we look at physician capacity, for example, in Canada, we have plenty of physicians who are working here. The problem is and many of these physicians aren't working full-time all year round, and they're concentrated oftentimes in big hubs like Toronto. Full-time. Like Toronto, yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, the opportunity that we have with virtual care that we don't have uh, in traditional care because of the four walls of a hospital or a clinic is that we can redistribute physician capacity across Canada from the hubs like Toronto to rural areas. Oh,
0: very interesting. Now, I guess an immediate question that I would ask you guys is, What's been the response from physicians, general physicians out there? Is this something they're a fan of? They say, you know, this is a need. Or are you getting resistance from traditional
1: yeah. uh, physicians out there? Yeah, in fact, you know, it's, it's very interesting to see the work that we do. We uh, have different types of offering. Um, and, and the one perhaps that we can start with is our, our offering for hospital care, for example, in specialty care. We did a project with the Western Hospital and PEI recently, and it was applauded uh, by the Minister of Health of PEI, and also the, the Canadian Medical Association director. So I'd say that the work that, we, that we're doing is very well received. Um, in terms of a core offering, uh, it is primary care. Uh, and so uh, that's, I think, mainly what uh, we're here to focus on. So we um, essentially deliver care in, in two segments. The first segment would be on the direct-to-patient primary care. And in this model, the, the patient actually pays for the, the consultation, as they would in a private clinic. Okay. So I'm sitting at my desk today. I've got some issue going on. Maybe
0: it's, you know, I'm an asthmatic, for example. I can't get in for whatever reason to see my physician. So I can go online, go to Maple, get seen by, you know, seen in quotations <laughs> off my
1: computer That's right. by a doctor perhaps even get a prescription. So that's the model that you're referring to. That's right. Okay. And so if you're a Canadian resident, you can simply download Maple on your phone or, or directly on your computer. You can have access to a physician that way and, and pay for your visit. Another segment I think that your listeners will be uh, really interested in is our uh, business to business segment where plan sponsors will subsidize the, or pay for the, the, the consultation, the visit on behalf of their employees. Yeah, that sounds very
0: interesting. As you just said, I'm sure that will be of interest to some listeners there because the employee benefits offering for the last 20 years, there really hasn't been any significant changes. And the last big one I can think of many years ago was group plans offering critical illness. And that was a big one. But, you know, we're still out there when we take over a plan, we're seeing very traditional plans in in place still. Mm-hmm. So I think it's very exciting that a company like Maple Is forward-thinking enough to say, hey, listen, this is something that we can offer as an and I'll say it again in quotes, an employee benefit. And I think there are a lot of employers out there who are very forward-thinking, who realize that there is a bit of a labor shortage, and you are, from what I hear as a broker anyway, from my clients, is you are competing for talent. And you know, besides salary, besides you know, a traditional benefits plan, the question always comes back to me, hey, what else can we offer? What's something that can differentiate ourselves? Yeah. And I think you just hit the nail on the head. This is certainly one because if I'm especially, you know, looking out there for a job and comparing things and you tell me that, hey, I've got, I can see this doctor from the from the privacy of my own home, you know, on my, on my smartphone, I don't have to sit in a doctor's office. I mean, I think that's going to be appealing. And I don't think... You know, Maybe your platform or any virtual healthcare platform addresses the need of everyone. I I think there are people that are always going to be resistant to change and, and new technologies. But I think there's going to be, especially as the demographic changes in our workforce and we see a lot more younger people coming into the workforce, I think that's something that's going to be very appealing. And I think I would predict that's going to become more and more important in the employee benefits market. So kudos to you guys.
1: Yeah, I certainly certainly think so. And you know, there's a lot of observations that um, we can look to to sort of predict how I think virtual care is going to evolve here in Canada. If we look at just across the board in, in the United States, we can see that 80% of mid-sized companies have adopted virtual care. And though the landscape is different in the U.S., only 9% of Canadian firms have adopted the, the virtual care as a group benefit, and I think we're going to see plant sponsors filling the gap. Why is that? Why has there been slower uptake in Canada compared to the U.S.? Mm-hmm. I think there's been some big leaders in, in the U.S., and some pioneers who've led the way in terms of virtual care. I'll give you an example here. There's a very large health system in the U.S. called Kaiser Permanente. Yes, heard of them, yeah. And they do about 100 billion interactions every year. And uh, the CEO claims that uh, they do more than half of those consultations in a virtual fashion. And so when you have a test case like this at scale doing virtual care, it's much easier, for example, for plan sponsors who are a little bit more removed than a hospital system is when it comes to providing care, I think it really leads the way or creates an opportunity for them, for plan sponsors to adopt this type of a a service within their group benefits.
0: i ask you a, a really selfish question now. Of course. So Aria Benefits, Life and Legacy Advisory Group, we're a growing firm, like a lot of our clients. We have aggressive growth plans, so our workforce is growing. I can think of a client I just saw in Toronto, same scenario, very rapidly growing workforce. How do you keep that workforce
1: healthy? Engaged. There's so many benefits to keeping your workforce healthy and engaged. First and foremost, a healthy workforce is a productive one. And I think there's a very tangible example here that most plant sponsors will be familiar with. It's in regards to minor depression and minor anxiety. These conditions are very costly on on productivity. And the way that we should look at these cases, these uh, diseases, is to simply provide early intervention. And with a virtual care service like Maple, we're able to uh, make sure that employees have access to, to primary care right away to understand whether or not there is an underlying health issue that's causing the, the problem here, or alternatively direct the employee to the right resources. So whether that's counseling or pharmacology, they're able to, to direct the patient in the right direction. And I think the last piece why employers are quite interested in looking at services like Maple is an absence problem. Right? A lot of companies are looking to better manage absences. Half of the mid-sized companies are keeping track of what these absences are. If companies don't, we have a national average of 8.1 days missed every year for illness and disability. And a lot of these days are being taken to go and see a physician. And so if we can give access to to Maple as opposed to a clinic visit, then we can reduce absenteeism within the workforce. We have some metrics around that. So that's why I think that's one of the things that is quite compelling for plan sponsors, because there's data around how many uh, absences we can save. Some figures, for example, like utilization rates of a program like Maple, Uh, some figures around resolution rate can help us draw a line between the dollars invested in virtual care and the value that the employers will draw from absences avoided or or clinic visits avoided. Yeah, absolutely. So, Will, we were chatting a bit offline before the podcast. My
0: listeners are predominantly, they're business owners, they're HR leaders, they're controllers. If they're listening to this why should they be paying attention to a company like Maple?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. And and I think one of the perspectives that you brought up already, and, and a thing that I hear all the time that plan sponsors tell me about when they're calling me and why they're telling me they're looking for virtual care, they refer to the war on talent. And I love that expression. And so I think a group benefits, and I'm sure I'm preaching to the choir here, but the group benefits is looked at very positively by employees when they're looking for a new opportunity. And certainly it's considered when we're, we decide to stay at, uh, at a firm. Uh, and I think uh, virtual care certainly should be part of that that um, total reward strategy simply be- because it's innovative and also because it's very highly used. So we have some experience launching our virtual care coverage with sponsors today and our utilization rate by the employee population is around 60 to 80%. Oh, wow. So when we're seeing these kind of numbers and, and you're trying to design as an HR uh, leader, as an HR Executive, you're trying to design a strategy around total compensation that's compelling to employees. Virtual care certainly is. And then, you know, when we looked at the the stats uh, around how many uh, plan sponsors are actually offering virtual care in tenets, around nine percent. And so, there's really a today there's a, there's a case for being an early adopter and differentiating your offering as yeah. an organization for for group benefits. Yeah,
0: so, absolutely. And I, and you know, sitting here as a business owner myself, I mean, our firm has about 15 employees and. And I'm always a fan of things that I can communicate to the employees that they're going to get excited about. You know, again, I'll go back to that traditional model of employee benefits plan. And when you hire someone on and traditionally there's a dental portion of that plan and people go get their teeth cleaned and and hopefully, you know, they don't get too many, but they they get a filling once in a while. But I find because it's that, and I'm not picking on dentists, some of my friends are dentists, I'm sure they'll be listening to this, so I'm not picking on you. But there almost seems to be among employees, that's a standard, you know, and they're not necessarily looking at ARIA benefits and saying, oh my goodness, thank goodness we have a dental plan. It doesn't seem that exciting to them, right? But I think when there's something unique on the plan that you can communicate saying, hey, this is cutting edge to cite your numbers. 9% of other Canadian firms have this. It's something that, you know, you're not going to find down the street. I think that's really exciting. And from an employer perspective, again, that war on talent To me, that's going to make the difference of whether someone joins our firm, whether they leave our firm. I think that's Mm -hmm. really important. So I I think that's cutting edge. Let's do the flip side now. Let's talk about the plan member experience. If you're an employee, you're looking at a prospective employer who has something like this, what can they expect? I mean, what's going to get them excited about looking at a a firm that says, hey, part of our plan has this maple platform. Mm -hmm. So just from the employee
1: perspective. Yeah, from the employee's perspective, it's a question of access. So if we look at Canadian access, it's challenging, right? So 15% of Canadians actually don't have a family physician. And that number really resonates with me because I'm originally from Quebec and the numbers are, are, are worse there. It's very difficult, very challenging to have a family physician. As a young adult living there, I didn't have one personally. Uh, and then uh, we can look at wait times around seeing your family physician. If you do have one, it's around seven days on average. And then you look at ER wait times and and it's oftentimes more than four hours to seek care there. And so today uh, you have three options, right? If you're an employee or a Canadian and you, you're you you're trying to, to seek health care, you can either go see your family doctor and wait the seven days. You can go to a walk-in clinic uh, if you want to go during business hours. Uh, but we know that the, the time at which the walk-in clinics are open is limited as well. And so a lot of people are, are forced, a lot of Canadians are forced into the ER for something that's not urgent. That could be dealt in another fashion, for which example. clogs up our emergency rooms, right? Totally, yeah. And so, a fourth option w- would be virtual care. So, I think the reason why members are interested, employees are interested, is because we struggle with access. And in fact, sixty-eight percent of us uh, actually uh, will not seek care because of those barriers. And so, the the goal really for Maple is to reduce all these barriers and make it very easy to seek care. I think that's one of the reasons why employees could be quite interested. And I was wondering if I should share this anecdote with you, uh, Robin, or not, because it is super heavy, uh, but I think it might resonate with the, the audience and, and make all this very real. And I'll never forget this. It was years ago uh, in high school. A friend of mine came to, to school one day and told me that his dad went missing. And so his dad was a trucker. A week later, he comes back to school and tells us that they found his dad at the back of his truck at a rest stop, and he had died from a heart attack. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. And so I can't help to think today with services like Maple with virtual care, if um, his father would have had access to this type of service, would he have used the app? Uh, and if he would have, he certainly would have spoken to a physician right away. And the physician would have been able to, to flag his condition and he would have been able to, to access the ER services right away. And so I think that's why we care as employees, we should care as employers, but also as Canadians, we should care that these types of services are being made accessible for, for everyone. Yeah, absolutely. And so maybe just before you go,
0: for my listeners, what's the maybe one or two most important items that you'd want people to take away from this episode?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. So I, I think because it's a new industry, there certainly is a lot of noise in the marketplace when it comes to virtual care. And there's there's some nuances that are important to, to consider uh, especially for, for your buyers uh, who are on the call. And so I think one of the things that I can leave everyone with is a sense of what they should be looking for when looking around for a provider. First and foremost, you're, you're looking for a healthcare company uh, because we're, we're talking about delivering care here. So it needs to be beyond offering a technology-type service. For sure, yeah. right. And so how do we measure healthcare quality of a, of a virtual care provider? I think we have to look at wait times around how long it's going to take to speak to a, a prescriber, a doctor, a physician who can diagnose and treat. What are the, the utilization rate by an employee population? What are the resolution rates? So once you speak to a physician, how many of the cases are actually being resolved virtually versus how many cases need to be referred back to the public system? Mm, okay. The depth of the medical record as well. The medical record is key to coordinating care and for physicians to collaborate and and continue the care of of patients in in a virtual setting. And then the ability to continue to deliver on all these markers at scale. So what happens when we go from that 9% adoption in, in Canada and we start filling the gap and meeting the numbers closer to the US where most companies are using this or more Canadians are having access to to this type of service. What happens to wait times and quality of care? Right, yes, very important. Okay, well, you heard it here first, folks. That does
0: it for another episode of Starting With One Podcast. As always, love to hear your feedback. If you want to find out more about Maple or myself or Will or Aria Benefits and you just want to chat, I always say I do coffee really well. Feel free to reach out to me and we'll see you next time on
1: Starting With One.